This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. I think uh, I can speak for Ian as well as myself. We have... uh, desire to do this work for some time, and uh, we're very uh, fired up about it. We don't want to get in a rush. We want to do it the right way. We want to do it the way God has commanded us to do uh, the work of uh, leadership in the church. One thing I would like to say that might help us uh, take in the study and the words that God has given us Uh, according to these matters is to remember that while we were born in America, most of us were born in America, we're citizens of this country and very blessed to be so. Uh, You know, and we believe we have certain rights. We've been taught this since we were small uh, children. We were told this is the greatest country in the world. Uh, these type of things, you know, uh, we need to keep in mind that uh, the church is not a democracy. It is not. The church is ruled by a king, and that king is Jesus Christ. We need to keep our minds focused on that when we're studying about uh, leadership in the church. So we're going to take a look at elders this morning. And specifically, we're going to take a look at not so much the qualifications. We will study about that later. We're going to take a look at the office of elder and the work thereof. I think that oftentimes, in my mind, uh, to eliminate some of the confusion for myself, it's good to look at what something is not to determine what it is. What an elder is not. An an elder is not a politician. He is not a self-promoter. He does not promote himself. An elder does not do that. It's not what an elder is. Philippians 2 and 3, the scriptures read, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. The the elders are not politicians. An elder is not a chief man or a bully of the men's business meeting. He is not that. Mark 10 and 42. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, You know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles... Exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever whosoever of you will be chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. An elder is not a bully. He's not a chief the chief man. An elder is not a coward. He is not. 
In 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong, be brave. An elder is not a coward. He's a humble, he has humble strength. He is brave. An elder is not a, the king of the church. He is not the head of the church. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Uh, elders are not the king of the church. That's Jesus Christ. So we need to understand these things about what elders are not. The reason we, one of the reasons we need to understand this is because uh, as with many things within the church, mankind has taken those things and corrupted them. Uh, thinking he can do a better job or thinking he knows better than God's will and God's scripture. And he's created uh, these uh, people that they that they call elders, but these elders act like this, you see. And we need to keep that in mind as we study this. I'm not going to spend too much time this morning on the Greek because uh, I, we were blessed. We spent a lot of time on the road. I've got to catch up on the sermons that y'all have had uh, here at this congregation over the last few months, and it's been taught on quite a bit, so I'm not going to belabor those points. Suffice it to say that in the Scripture, there are many references to shepherds and overseers and bishops and pastors within the, the New Testament. The Scripture's there, and all of these things are referring to an office, that office being the office of an elder. <clears throat> now, I don't know about each of you what your experience is with elders and what you know about that. Uh, I know, uh, me personally, from the, uh, from the time I was born until I was 18, 19 years old, we attended the church service regularly in four different congregations. And I never knew what an elder was. Never did. We didn't have elders in any of those congregations. And I think the earliest idea that I ever had about an elder, I was probably, you know, 17, 18 years old. And I thought, well, that guy's probably just the guy that writes the check and pays the bills. Or maybe he makes out the preaching, uh, those people who are on the schedule to, to speak. That was the limit of my idea of what an elder is. <clears throat> You know, but over time, I, I decided to focus to try to determine because it's mentioned over and over again in Scripture. Elders, 
Well, there's got to be a reason it's in there over and over and over. It must be important to God. And the first thing that I noticed was is that elders existed very quickly after Christ established the church. Very quickly. There in Acts chapter 11, starting there in verse 27, And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Very early in the church, elders are mentioned. Also there in uh, Titus chapter 1 and verse 4, uh, the scripture reads to Titus, my own son after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause I left thee in Crete that thou shouldest set in order the things that were wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now, I want us to notice something about this scripture. Uh, the inference is here is that these congregations that existed in these cities that didn't have elders were not uh, fully established. They were lacking. There was something wanting because they didn't have elders. Okay? But the command was to ordain elders in every city. And this is very early in the church. And once again there in 1 Peter, Peter uh, writing the letter here, <clears throat> says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of, of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now I want you to notice what he says to this vast uh, number of people. I mean, it's a large area. I invite you to look and, and see what that all covered there. <clears throat> the scripture reads, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. All of those fully established and functioning congregations had elders. It's important to the Lord. It was important then, it's important now. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you while I, why I really started to focus to study on this. It was because a brother in Christ led a group of us in a study several years ago. Most of the guys that were there were evangelists. The guy that was leading the study was an evangelist. And he made the statement, baptism. Now we know that mankind has altered what the scriptures teach about baptism. They've changed the way they do it. Some of them have eliminated it completely. And they have uh, suggested or preached another path to obtain salvation. And we know that's wrong, okay? 
But the thing about it is, is we fight for that. We fight for that. We teach that. We spread uh, the gospel. Okay? We'll draw our swords and we will fight for baptism because that's what the scripture teaches as the pathway to salvation. Okay? We will fight for that. You know, there are many religious organizations that have changed the Lord's Supper. Some of them don't even observe it at all, even though we're commanded to do it. Some have changed the way that they observe it. They don't observe it every first day of the week. They observe it once a month or once every three months or once a year because they deem that that was a better way by man's standard, okay? We all know that that's not what Scripture teaches. Okay? We will fight for that. We're going to fight for that. We're going to draw our swords and we're going to spiritually fight for the Lord's Supper. Brothers and sisters, we are commanded to have elders. Evangelists are commanded to go equip men and ordain men in every congregation. Yet here today we sit with 28% of our congregations that have elders. Why have we not fought for that? It's a command. It's a command. Elders. The office of an elder is power and authority from God. There in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, and led, captive, and, and led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. This is Jesus Christ. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. The office of an elder is an office created by God. Created by God. And that office is empowered with power and authority over his church. The office is good. There in James chapter 1 and 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness or neither shadow of turning. The office of elder is good. It is a good thing. It was created by God. The work of an elder is good. 1 Timothy 3 and 1, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Now I want, I want us to notice something about this scripture real quick. The scripture reads, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. It's men who desire the work of the church desire the work not some badge that we wear on our jacket not some rank they desire the work of the church the work of an elder, elder is honorable 
there in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. It is an honorable, honorable work. Elders take oversight. There in 1 Peter 5 and 1, the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. Not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Taking the oversight. There's a dangerous, dangerous attitude in the church today. It's a dangerous attitude. And it all kind of falls back on this belief that we're democratic. That we have rights. We have a right to privacy and these different things. I've heard sermons preached that say that an elder, uh, his power and authority ends when this service ends or when them doors close. That's not true. The church does not cease to exist when this service is over. You are the church. We are the church 24-7. 365 days a year. Elders have the authority and the duty of oversight. Not just in this worship service, in this assembly, not just here. I'm going to ask you parents something. Would you, are you, do you appreciate having other Christians looking after your kids, your grandkids. Of course you do. Of course you do. Elders have the oversight of the flock, not only in the assembly, 24 7, 365 days a year. They don't do it like bullies of the business meeting, they do it out of love. They do it because they consider us, the flock, before themselves. Elders rule. 1 Timothy 5 and 17, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Elders rule. Elders are over us. Remember uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who has spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or their conduct. Elders are over us. There in Hebrews chapter 13 and 17, we're commanded to obey the rule of the elders. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy, and not with grief, that is, for that is unprofitable for you. Does it, does it strike you that a man would be selfish, selfless, selfless enough that he not only give account for his soul, 
and his actions in this life, but that he would give an account for all of us. Does that not strike you? That somebody would take that, that type of responsibility? To be responsible for all of us? To give account? I'm going to tell you something. That hits me right here. That somebody would take that type of care for me. <clears throat> big congregation out west. Big, big, nice building. Hundreds of people. They had a movement start on Wednesday nights. A very uh, popular singer attended this congregation. And he decided he wanted to play his acoustic guitar uh, for the worship, the song service within the service, within the assembly. The elders uh, told him, don't do that. But this fella campaigned and campaigned and kept doing it. He gathered a large following amongst the flock because of his popularity and his ability to sing. Uh, they revolted against those elders. Those elders were kicked out of the church, uh, out of that congregation. Uh, man can't kick a person out of the church, but... So these elders went and founded another congregation about 10 miles away. Now, that congregation within the town, I'm going to tell you what's happened now. Because they don't have elders and haven't had them for a couple years now. Do you know what that congregation has done? They no longer have Church of Christ on their sign. It is no longer there. I forget what it is now. Fellowship of whatever. <clears throat> they have uh, teachers that are not qualified, that are strictly forbidden within the scripture. Those people come up and teach. Okay? They don't observe the Lord's Supper every Sunday anymore. As a matter of fact, they preach that baptism is not the only way to be covered in the blood of Christ. That's what happens when you don't have elders. That's the danger. Hebrews 13 and 24, salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints, uh, they of Italy salute you. Elders have the rule. Elders lead. Hebrews 13 and 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. We've read this before. we read it many times. We see how elders conduct their lives, not only in the assembly, but outside the assembly. We see the fruits of their labor. They lead by example. And what a powerful example it is to be led by godly men. 
we got to go uh, hold a little weekend, uh, partake in worship service out in the Dallas area not too long ago. After the morning service, we had a great service. Uh, they had a men's business meeting between the services. Uh, I went in to offer our service in any way, any way we could help in studies throughout the week, private studies, gospel studies, whatever. We wanted to help. And uh, I was asked to sit in on their business meeting. And do you know what they were meeting about? Disbanding the congregation. You talk about getting punched in the gut. Sit there. Seven men, including myself. And listen to both sides of an argument on whether to stay together or be disbanded. They asked me for my input. I asked them, how many teachers you got? We've got three teachers. You have a bunch of kids here. You've got 25, 30 people meeting. I think you've got potential. They voted. 4-2. Disband. A week later, they shut the doors. Now they've sold the building. It's gone. There were no elders to lead. There were no elders to stop that. They couldn't stop it because they weren't there. It was just a democratic process of voting to, to determine whether you're going to close the doors on the congregation of the Lord's church and you're going to let a group of men vote on that? No elders. Elders watch. They watch. Hebrews 13 and 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. Is that comforting to you? <laughs> that somebody's watching for your soul? Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. We were not meant to walk this walk of Christianity by ourselves. God has given us each other. He's given us elders to watch, to watch for us. You know, there's things going on in my life, and I think I know, well, I, I know myself. I know what's going on. I don't always know. We don't always see some of the things we're blinded to them. We need an outside perspective and we need a godly perspective. A godly leader's perspective. I, I'm going to speak for just a few minutes about these two men that have been elders here for 21 years. And I do this not out of pride but out of, but out of humble thanksgiving. Now, several years ago, I was ready to take a job as a pipeline welder, okay? Good money, stable living. I promised the elders that I'd be in the church assembly every Sunday, and I meant it. 
But I believe this is what, I, what they saw. Now, y'all can correct me later on when we talk if this is not what you saw. What they saw was the risk and the potential uh, failure of me being around worldly people 24-7. Around rough people. Away from Christians. I believe they saw the risk of me stopping attending the assembly. Neglecting my family. Neglecting my duties to the church and to my family. That's what I think they saw. And I think they might have saw a little inkling of potential. So they asked me to train to be an evangelist. And what a blessing, what a blessing it has been to me and my family. You know why? Because they were watching. They were watching out for my soul. Big conference in Wichita Falls uh, five years ago. This conference was put together by the mainstream, I guess what you would call mainstream, I don't know, uh, Church of Christ. And what I mean by that is uh, these are a group of people by and large that have obeyed the gospel according to the scripture. Therefore, they are, they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay? I'm going to say that first. Although, as a group, they do practice uh, one or two things that, that are not scriptural. Okay? This conference was concerning 75% of their youth gone. I dare say it's higher than that now. They just, their kids go to college, never come back to the church. The ones that do go to some type of religious gathering, go to some type of Calvinistic community uh, concert, okay? And these folks are sitting there wringing their hands about what can we do? What can we do to stop this tide of losing 75% of our young people? We got to have more classes. We got to have more activities for our young folks so they're entertained. these These are the answers that are put forward, okay, about this. Ignoring the fact that most of these congregations have no elders. Nobody's watching. If they are watching, they're not doing nothing about it. Okay? Elders feed the flock. Acts 20 and 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Elders feed the flock. They feed the flock. Now, we've got several people here in the congregation this morning that are cattlemen. Now, what do you men do with your cattle? 
You go, you, you go and check on them every day, probably two or three times a day. You make sure they're not sick. You make sure they're not getting into things they shouldn't get into. You make sure they're healthy. And, and that's, that's the closest I'm going to get to calling any woman a cow, okay? Uh, that's the closest I'm going to get. I'm going to tell you something. We're the flock. We are the flock. The elders are the shepherds. And they make sure that we're fed. They make sure that we're healthy. Okay? They make sure that we're not getting into things we shouldn't get into. We need elders. <clears throat> My most recent long trip was being, uh, me and Shannon were gone for a month. Visited several con- congregations up in the northwest. Uh, usually make it a practice when uh, we first get up there to go around to all the different congregations uh, of the Church of Christ and even congregations, uh, denominational congregations, talk to their preachers and uh, ask ask them if they will invite their congregation to our meetings. Well, uh, just so happened one of the guys that that I developed a really, uh, I thought a good relationship with, was uh, a uh, preacher at one of these congregations. Went to see him. Uh, he was no longer there. That congregation, uh, which was several hundred strong, uh, you know. Uh, they weren't able to pay that preacher anymore, so he, he left to get a job somewhere else. He went to Denver. And now that congregation is just a handful of people. And do you know what they're being taught? I've, I've, I've set in on their, on their lessons. You know, the, when, when we're being taught from the pulpit in a scripture, not any scriptures quoted, Jesus Christ is not talked about. God's not talked about. All it is is a big self-affirmation and a pat on the back and you're doing fine. Go on. Get back out there in the world. That, that's not food. It's not food at all. Went to see another congregation that we invite all the time. You know what happened there? Because they didn't have elders, a man took it upon himself because he was charismatic and had the ability to speak, he got up in front of that congregation and preached a sermon one morning stating that Jesus Christ had already came back. Yeah. He had already come back. And that all of us are just sitting here waiting for God to give us another plan for salvation. You know what? That congregation no longer exists. The doors closed. They closed that week because there were no elders there to make sure the flock was being fed properly. Elders protect. Elders protect. Acts 20 and 17 
And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Elders protect the flock. They protect the flock from false teaching, from threats, from temptation. Elders protect the flock. Elders are not cowards. You know, we got a dear brother in Christ that's been a, uh, an elder for years, years and years, and his, one of his favorite saying is, is uh, I may be a dumb dog, but I'll bark. That's what he says. And I'm going to tell you, he will bark. He's going to defend that flock. Got a congregation out in New Mexico where a man stood up and tried to pull kind of what we were just talking about. Stood up and started teaching false doctrine. You know what? There were two elders there. They got up, followed him up on the floor, and they corrected him from the word of God. They were protecting that flock. You know what that man that got up there and was pre preaching that falsehood did? He sat down, he acted meek, came back the next week and he started uh, politicking behind the scenes, trying to gather people from the flock to his way of false teaching. The elders saw it. They were watching. They stopped it. Then the guy started showing up in the church service Openly wearing a pistol in a threatening manner. Guess what? Those elders were not cowards. They stopped that. They stopped it. That man started to threaten members of the congregation. In texts, social media, phone calls, guess what? Those elders were there and they stopped it. You see, elders are not cowards. They are watchmen. They watch for our souls. <clears throat> There's a congregation not too far from here that many of us have family members that were members of that congregation for many years. Many years. You know, one Sunday, they had a couple visiting with two small children from another congregation from somewhere. I don't know where they were from. During the Lord's Supper, as the fruit of the vine was passed, their little, their little uh, I don't know how old she was, seven or eight years old, the uh, parents let that girl take of the fruit of the vine. Okay? After those church, that church service was over, a man took it upon himself to meet those visitors at the door as they were leaving and berate them, grill them in front of everybody. Ran them off. They never come back to that congregation. Okay? Why did that happen? 
you're right. There were no elders there watching. None there to stop it. None to step in and teach. Teach somebody. Not run them off. A few weeks later, guess what? That same man who berated that young family got in a fist fight in front of the churchyard after church service. A fist fight with another brother in the, in the congregation. Now, we, we know that's not conducive to worshiping the Lord. That's not peaceful. That's not loving. That happened. Guess what? There were no elders. There were no elders there to stop it, step in and stop that. Now, I'll tell you, Ian and Sean and myself, we went up there and we tried to remedy that. And we thought we had it kind of fixed. You know what? But we're not there. We're not there every day of the week. We're not there at that congregation every Sunday. We're not there. So guess what happened? Yeah, you can guess what happened. That guy came back with a pistol and pulled a pistol on some church members in the front yard. Why did he do that? Because there were no elders there to watch, to prevent it, to remedy, to remedy the situation if it did happen. There were no elders. There were no watchmen. And you, and you know what? That... That congregation's gone. Its light has been snuffed out because there were no elders there. Elders watch. They defend. When they see the wolf coming, guess what? Those elders turn that crook into a device to drive that wolf off. We need elders. So as we, as we wrap up this morning, let's consider, let us consider what a blessing the Lord has given us with the office of elder. The good office of an elder. The good work of an elder. Let us consider that. As we go through this week, let us consider the men, the men that have, uh, that are capable of filling this role. Let us consider that prayerfully, thoughtfully, honestly. Let's consider that. Elders hold an honorable and God-ordained office. It's commanded by the Lord. Elders do a vitally important work. Vitally important work. The congregation, we as individual Christians and brothers and sisters in Christ, we, we, we can't function at our full capability unless we follow what the Lord has commanded us. Just not pick and choose what we're going to follow. we got to follow it all. And part of that is... Uh, putting elders into place, putting leadership into place within his church.
Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.